0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Court, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, I have a very special co-host from across the pond. He's a parapsychologist and all-around good fellow, Mr. Steve Parsons.
1: Hi, good evening, Ron. How are you? Uh, Well, I thank you for the compliments as well
0: no compliments, just
1: truth. How's it? Uh, how's your weather over there? We're having uh, well, we're all flooded out over here.
0: Flooded out as of rain.
1: Flooded out with rain. Lots. We've um, some places have had a month's rain in one day. Really? Yeah, really. It's uh, it's a bit soggy, and I'm sure when uh, when our guest comes on, uh, he, I think um, they've had it worse where he is.
0: Well, actually, I think he's with us, Brian. You there?
2: I am indeed. No, it's sunny down here. I've, uh, I've got my suntan lotion on. I'm kicking back and I'm having a I <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no. It is indeed raining, Ron. Uh, it, we have umbrellas and we have roofs, so we're OK. We're we're hardy bunch down in Devon.
0: Oh, it's it's sunny here.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. I, I'm sure that uh, it's going to rain soon, though, Ron. It's, you're in New, New England, eh?
0: Yeah, but it doesn't last. New England's like, I, if I could pick a place in the world to be, I would pick New England. It's just got, like, a great weather system that comes in and out. I mean, we get the occasional hurricane, northeast, but, you know, we have all the seasons. It's always changing, always different, so I, I just love it here. So, anyways, no mudslides, no earthquakes. Well, nothing really too big to speak about, so... I'm good with it. Anyway, so maybe this weather pattern has got something to do with this uh, 2012 thing there. What do you think? Armageddon's on its way or end of the world, end days. I don't know about
2: Armageddon, but Halloween's on its way.
0: (laughs) Does it it make
2: any difference, Steve? Halloween? Um, You know, to a a scientist, surely uh, Halloween shouldn't make a difference to you, would it? I don't It doesn't me. I I don't care. Hang hang on
1: a minute, Byron. Who's interviewing who tonight? Yeah, yeah. you tell them steve um, just uh, just for the record byron uh, there's only the bristol channel between us so uh, all that rain that you've been having uh you keep sending it our way so if you could divert it a little bit send we'll it to Bristol, we'll certainly uh, try bristol yeah because you're sticking out into the atlantic to the south of us i'm in west wales so
2: we're just a little bit above you all uh, right there you go yeah you
0: think with all that hot air coming out of devon it would uh, kind of deviate anyways
2: cool well, yeah
1: probably well, well devon is actually uh, almost a country in its own right um it was uh, many many times devon has tried for independence and many many times england has tried to get rid of it
2: yeah well you'd be cutting away part of the good bit of uh, the england then really it's largest county or one of the largest counties and um uh, and I think one of the best, really. Dartmoor, it's got Dartmoor, it's got lots of coastline. It's a brilliant place to live. I love it. It's fantastic. Well, one thing there we you having
1: well, one thing we certainly do have in common, um, these westerly uh, regions of the United Kingdom is we probably have the uh, the highest reported number of paranormal phenomena, folklore, mythology. Um, I think it's because we have the uh, the I don't know if it's our remoteness, um, whatever it is, but Devon, West Wales, Cornwall, all of the western parts of the United Kingdom certainly do share quite a, a common heritage of folklore.
0: Yeah, I, I actually think I have a, a good David. question. I have a question for both of you, because last night I was doing an event, uh, Food and Spirits, it was a little uh, pizza and uh, Paranormal Talks for the uh, the DITC, but one of the questions that came up, and it comes off very often, is... England more haunted than the United States? And and I always say I don't really think so. I mean, I think it's... you're so much smaller than us, and, you know, I don't think there's really a good way of measuring ghosts per capita, but uh, I, I really don't think so. I think it's, you know, you, you've got the history, you know, at least the... Uh, uh, what's the word? Anglo-Saxon history versus, you know, we do have Native American history. But so, in that way, you're older than us, but
2: I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think, Byron? Well, I, I suppose really you look at the percentage of um, people ghost ghost groups in the uh, the UK. Uh, look at the amount of people that are out here. Uh, I, you know, you're right. It's per, per capita per space. There's probably more people and. Uh, I, I suppose really we get noticed more i mean you're a vast country uh, ron and uh, well not you just personally but uh <laughs> the, US is a, the us is a vast country and i think that your stories are still as prominent they're just spaced out more and uh, and certainly we're condensed so i think that's probably the reason why i think you're right it's difficult to 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 try and pin that down but um I know from being in the States that there are some great places out there, so I, wouldn't, I would never say that uh, one was more haunted than the other, and certainly not. Uh, there, there's some great stories out there, too. Steve, certainly,
1: what do you think? Certainly, well, I was going to say, um, echoing Byron's comments, but also adding, um, I certainly think American ghost hunters are probably much more creative and inventive than the British ghost hunters. Um, all of the ghost tech that's currently in vogue. It uh, comes from your side of the Atlantic, the paracorder, the ovelus, uh, all of these great inventions um, come from your side of the water. I mean, we're, we're still playing around with notebook and pens over here
2: yeah yeah i mean, I think that can change though um certainly um, you know my my background was working for a semiconductor foundry, and uh, having spoken to some of the guys there we're keen to to make some stuff here as well. We do have some some great uh scientists and electricians over here. And, um, you know, certainly having spoken to uh, a colleague of mine recently, he's um, very keen to set up a, a UK version of uh, those type of bits of equipment. But obviously, it takes a, a lot of time to to do that. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of Vogue's going on over there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it would be good to see a British company, though, wouldn't it, Steve? It would be
1: excellent. We have had them in. We've had... Uh attempts in the past has been one or two companies have have tried. Uh, But Byron, I was having a look at your website earlier, um, and you you seem to be um, one of the better equipped teams in the UK. Um, What sort of equipment do you actually use on the investigations?
2: uh well i mean we we've got access to most things obviously we've got the multiplex system we've got uh thermal engine cameras uh we've got obviously night vision cameras we've got an obelisk that although you know i'm I, i'm loathe to say that i don't don't know if it works or not but i mean we do uh mo- most things that you know most teams would have we have it um I'm not sure uh, that obviously there's a big vogue at the moment. Reference EMF. Do you read it? Do you not read it? Uh, et cetera, et Etc. I mean, we'll do them, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean to say that uh, we actually believe everything we we do. We we do things because I think we're conditioned into how you know we we've been trained and how things uh, you know are, are working and. and you know, we've we sort of evolved, really, Steve. I suppose it's what we say. We started off with a very small group in 2005, and things have just grown. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we, we've got the kit, and we're now building on the way that we carry out investigations, because I think that's, that's as, as important as the, the equipment, is the way that you structure an investigation. Uh, and then certainly buying in, Steve, to the asset point of view um hopefully our club will be our accredited before march next year and hopefully that'll help us and the us in the right direction with all this equipment though byron i mean which, which bits
1: um i know uh, uh it's when you've got a large toy box it's sometimes difficult but is there any particular pieces of equipment that uh, that you're currently finding are producing interesting results or results that you know make you want to sit up and take notice of them Maybe go back and do some extra uh, measurements
2: well i I, I suppose really uh, what <laughs> For, for for value of um, you know being able to verify uh, the chill spots and everything else with regards to people doing oh I'm feeling cold I'm feeling hot it's got to be the thermal imager it's the it's the holy grail really of most um, paranormal teams uh, kit, equipment I don't I don't know too many teams have got them um, they are expensive but we we use it to good effect to actually verify whether people are you know, not making it up but you know how easy it is to me to to suggest to you that. You're cold and you go yeah my knees are cold my hands cold and etc we can obviously verify that i suppose that that's that's got to be the piece of kit that you know we like using um but um n- negative iron detector as well is something that we've been using a lot uh and also emf pump and those type of things we we've used in in the in the past but um I don't know, really. I think when you've got, you're right, Steve, when you've got a big toolkit, it's sometimes difficult to, to get all the kit out. And we have the same problem, probably, that most teams have, is, is that um, we we do have some users that can use all the kit but equally we have other users that have not been trained yet so they won't touch it um the worst possible thing for us i suppose is for someone to wave something around that they have no idea what they're actually measuring in the first place so you know it's important to to train those users in these use i suppose
1: i think you've i think you've got it absolutely spot on there The, the thermal imager certainly is um a very very immensely useful piece of kit um We've had ours for a, for a, a little while now, and to be honest with you, we we actually prefer to use it in the in the sense of um, more fraud pre- uh, fraud prevention, catching you know sort of being able to observe without being observed, um, and also for doing sort of large area thermal surveys. Um, as to finding ghosts with them, I don't think uh well I don't know of any yet. I don't know of any anybody that's managed it with a TI uh, no. but like, what's it like your side? I mean what sort of equipment you're you're a veteran, seasoned ghost onto so like like Byron and myself, but do you have any favourite pieces of equipment over there?
0: Cool me. Yes. You're including me in this conversation? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just having my tea here and enjoying myself.
1: <laughs> At least you got your tea. I got a phone call an hour ago saying, can you be Cal Stump double for the night?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I must be English because I, I drink tea and have cucumber sandwiches.
1: Well, that's very English. We don't have them over here.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and Ronald's my name. That's English as well. Interesting. Anyway, um, you know, I, I know that, that uh, you know like Karen and I think you too Steve uh, really don't take much credence in EMF um, And I know Cal as well like Cal
1: Cooper um well no it, it's important that you that you uh, that you include it when it's relevant to include them um, but what were I think we do have issues with EMF is this relatively recent vogue for not measuring EMF, but using EMF meters to talk to the dead uh, as communication devices. Uh, That's where that's why i certainly have an issue with them
2: well that's- i i sorry so, sorry steve i think you you're perfectly right there and i you know recent investigation i was seeing uh, people use the k2 meter as uh as just you know that uh, to be honest I, I think anything that's not been calibrated or or fit for you should be chucked in a bin but uh, that's just my own um, opinion is you know go clubs they sent out with the cheaper models of emf meter and um well you know you, you can wave these things around and you can create all sorts also readers just by waving them, so you know it, it's. You're, you're quite right, Steve, and I think that um, you know we we still use them, um, but we use the trifold meter. It was a bit more expensive, but we use them to to measure and get baselines prior to an investigation. Uh, for instance, we had um, high levels of um, EMF through a bed in Jamaica Inn in, in Cornwall, and it was being accentuated by the fact that the coiled springs were actually. Increasing EMF activity on the bed. Now, funnily enough, it was one of the beds that people felt ill in, you know. And I, you know, I, I don't know about you, Steve, but you know, certainly high EMF readings above 10 can make you feel quite ill. And uh, th- this was way above that uh, on the bed. Certainly underneath the bed was hardly anything. It was just around that area. And we've we've put it down to cord springs. I mean, have you ever heard anything like that before? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's.
1: Um... I think people have have tuned in to hear more about uh, haunted Devon than parasites, but certainly we have a a case on our website that uh, strongly reflects that where the uh, electromagnetic fields were well, well above hundreds of times normal, and that was certainly um, creating health issues for the people involved. Um, So, yeah, I think it's something that we do measure. Um, We don't measure it as often as we used to do, and in fact, all bar one Computerized EM, EM system now we 've retired all our handheld stuff and put it all in the uh, in the reserve kits we, we just don 't bother anymore with it was um, I was going to come back and say that even the original work by Persinger um, which led to uh, the the sort of interest in EMF studies within uh, para, pa, parapsychology and psychical research has been contested so you know there 's not even a clear cut case anymore for measuring it um, Except in perhaps one or two highly limited cases, right. um, but I know Ron is still still a great fan of the K two, if memory serves me right.
0: Well, it's not that I'm a fan of things; it's just that I don't dismiss them as easily as other people. Uh, if if someone's you know using something, you know, first of all, when when I first saw the K two, and I basically said, "What a piece of junk!" I said, "It's a, a cheap EMF meter." and blah, blah, blah. Chris Fleming was the one that really brought it to the, the forefront when he, when he had his show uh, Dead Famous. And when I looked at it, I thought, well, this is really, you know, garbage. And uh, one of my uh, members had one, so I started uh, playing with it. So just because, you know, I thought it was garbage, at least I should see if, if there's validity to it. So we do use it. We we have used it. and But it's not like... Any of the things we use is, is for instance, um, definitive uh, uh, proof of spirits or anything else. It's just ways, ways of measuring uh, certain uh, phenomena that's going on, whether it's spirit activity or, or whatever it is. But you, you have to be able to at least experiment. It's like a pendulum. We use pendulums, and I know that either one of you would be caught dead with a pendulum in your hand. Uh, but i have my own and i, I dial all the time but you know we also use temperature set, uh, tags which I, I don't know if you guys use over there but that's that's a great tool to have in your kit and that's basically just a, a unit you calibrate it you put it out there and it, and it records all night long it plots it mm-hmm. and you've got the entire yeah. temperature range everywhere
2: yeah, we yeah we use those, and they they are really good bits of kit. You know, um, to take the temperature every ten seconds is far more reliable. Uh, letting the USB um, thermal logger take it than uh, than sending some poor individual out every ten seconds to go and check the temperatures in various locations. So, yeah, they're really cool. There is a sort of
1: sadistic pride, though, in sending somebody out into the rain to go and do yeah. the temperature every day. Yeah, time.
2: generally, <laughs> generally it's not me, Steve. It is someone who no. who, uh, who hasn't made the tea very often. And
1: yeah, it's of there the
0: you rain.
2: go.
1: One of the yeah. great uh, advantages of being the uh, investigation leader is that you get to sit in the warm and the dry and watch the uh, the CCTV and send everybody else out. Oh, well, but uh, thing what's, what's on sorry. the what's on the radar for Halloween down in Devon?
2: Well, to be honest, it's been a bit of a disappointment uh, with, with regards to Halloween. Uh, we've just come off the back of a Bob jail investigation for charity, which which was uh, well, we did two actually. We did a children's event, which is which was unusual, um, but we we did it nonetheless. And then we did um, basically we we did a Bob Minchell investigation for the adults, and we have. You know, we, we've um, been busy, so we're, we're chilling at the moment. Well, they have got an investigation this weekend uh, at the Real Cinema in Plymouth, which is uh, which has which has been quite nice, and uh, they've had some good good resorts down there. Um, but that's that's um, well, that's on the 29th, so yeah, Saturday. So we're we we're, we're kept busy. But Halloween this year is obviously a bit odd because it falls on a a work day, isn't it? Really, so uh, it, it's difficult <laughs> to tie it in. But 29th is where we're busy, Steve.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it is. You're absolutely right. It's it is a quieter Halloween uh, than usual. What's it? I know um, I've been over in 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 America during the Halloween period, and it's mm-hmm. I mean, talk about completely over the top and fantastic. So, what are your Halloween plans then? Go on, beguile us sure. with.
0: Yeah, actually, Halloween, Halloween is OTT. Just, Halloween is actually the the biggest. Uh, the second biggest holiday in, in the United States behind uh, Christmas, and uh, we decorate for it, of course. And we, it's it's really a big deal, uh, it, it, and everybody's involved, and it's not just like adults or children. It's it's everyone is involved in Halloween. Uh, Salem, Mass, of course, is is like the hub, and uh, we just completed an, a, an event there uh, last uh, Friday night. Called spectral evidence, and uh, it's part of the festival of dead. So there's, there's a lot of things going on uh, on Halloween proper. Uh, we have a thing dining with the dead at the Wyndham restaurant, which I know uh, Byron's been there before, and uh, Maureen and I are doing that. And so that, that's that's going to be fun. And but we're, we're always doing things. So but, you know that's that's the way Hall- Halloween is around here. It's all events, all all meteor, and that's it really. <laughs> No so so time just, for
1: investigations. Now, we just pale into insignificance compared to uh, the U.S. Halloween. But I was I was watching YouTube um, oh, a while ago. I think it probably was last Halloween. And uh, have you seen the – oh, you must have done the, – the houses lit up, and then it's all done sound to light with uh, – there is some f- – I mean, the amount of effort that's put in. Oh yeah! That's incredible!
0: Absolutely yep. incredible! It's like it the second biggest holiday. So you know they decorate the houses, they decorate the insides, outside. You know it's awesome. They they make spook walks. They you know it's it's all cool. They have costume parties for adults, children. You know it's 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 a big holiday. It's a big deal over here.
1: Well, over here we, we hollow out this pumpkin and put a candle in it.
0: There you go. <laughs> now, let me ask all you these fans. guys. I, I know I know the both you do a lot of events, and and we do that because, you know, it, it costs to do what we do, and uh, we do it for charity, and we also do it to raise money for our own particular uh, reasons, but, I mean, do you find that either one of you are getting tired of doing events, uh, or whether it's... Hmm.
2: Um well for myself no not really I, I i enjoy um i mean you know haunted devon itself is is a private club and we have our own members and we do our own thing we run our events obviously throughout the year on occasions we run events for um members of the public or we will run them you know for charities and that's the only way uh, that we would do it do we get bored of them uh, sometimes it's difficult to to run an event, and they they don't get any easier. Every every year we run them, we have to go through the same routines of making sure that the people that you're going to have turning up for the event aren't drunk, because that's one of the, one of the first issues you get if you're running with really? members of the public. Uh, well, you're dealing with members of the public, Ron. They, they they see it as a big thrill-seeking thing, you know. And uh, um, we we've not had it um, for a while. We we in the past we had it. A um, couple of years back, we had one or two people turned up, drunk to an event, and obviously they don't get in. But, uh, you know, it's those type of things, and uh, the type of people you get you don't know who you're going to be dealing with. You don't, we have sceptics. Uh, typically, uh, what happens is you get the, the girlfriend that wants to go to the event, and you get the boyfriend who's a total sceptic and is only there really to drive her to the event and has to stay, unfortunately, for the rest of the evening. Uh, and it, it, it's those sort of things that, that give you the hassle, I suppose. But um, no, I I love them because I mean we raised was it 1500 or sorry 1300 pounds for the National Deaf Children Society a couple of weeks ago, and I think you you've just got to feel you know proud of that and the fact that we can do that you know probably in an evening a few hours uh, we can raise that sort of cash for a charity. So yeah, it's it's all good. What about you, Steve? Uh, Well. I've just
1: just uh, this last weekend gone. Um, we had uh, Kieran and I were out in West Wales with a three three day public event. But they're mm-hmm. they're uh, for me they're quite rare. Um, I, we do have the public side that Kieran and I do, which is the uh, the, the investigator training. Um, but as regards public paranormal investigations, uh, it's not something I I do very often. Oh, okay. Um, and it 's not something whilst whilst I enjoy them because they 're a welcome distraction um, mm-hmm. i I much prefer to have control of the building, a small team under my, you know working alongside me and um, and get on and look for the ghosts uh, dragging forty or fifty people around all night is uh, can be a bit of a chore sometimes it can be a complete pleasure um, but but in the main um, Public events are something I, I say, for, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't get to do terribly often, maybe three, four a year. And that's, I think that's enough for me.
0: Well, you have to or, come over here maybe and maybe I'll I'm put you to work.
1: Old. Well, maybe I'm just getting old.
0: Hey, come over here, I'll put you to work.
1: One day I'm, one, by the sound of it, I think Byron's been over. I think I'm the only one that hasn't now. So,
2: uh... oh, you should go, Steve. You should go. I've been to America that... plenty of times. Yeah. It's um... well, you, you go and meet Ron. He, he's a he's a real gem. It's a fantastic. They they treated me really well in the States, and uh, you know I got to to do well, several investigations with Ron, and uh, it, it was good in the fact that we exchanged a lot of ideas with regards to bits and pieces that we do in the UK that perhaps they didn't do in the States and vice versa you know right. we came back with lots of ideas that ron gave us um, and they're true professionals and i really enjoyed working with them so you know i love I love it, and just spinning back, um, Steve, on your comments regarding the uh, the, the um, investigations you 're quite right. it is difficult to to drag those fifty people around but uh, to be honest, I think that what we do get out of that is is sometimes we we often get um new members from that um, because they they come they see. Um, a team in action and they think, I really enjoy this. We, we don't water down our uh, investigation because it's a public event, we still set up all the equipment, we go through a, a three or four-hour setup prior to. Uh, if we could get in earlier, we'd be even there longer, you know. But uh, we, we go through the full uh, kit setup, and, you know, we try and do some training with them as well. Um, we, we, we show them the, the equipment, we show them the EMF meters and how to use them, uh, the ranges and those type of things. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's an important part of um, getting clubs out there and, um, you know, making use of people to, to try and get new members. So I think, you know,
1: mm. I, mean, I, I, I fully take on board what you're saying about, um, the educational side, the, the, the showing them what, what, uh, the methods that we use, um, and that's, that, that really is important. And that's why Kieran and I are focused on the, so you want to be a ghost hunter, uh, training events. Right. Um, but the the uh, actual uh, public events, uh, Parasites are probably different because we don't have open membership. We're not we're, we we don't recruit. Um, we're a very small group uh, because. Because we like to keep it that way, because oh, that's, uh, that's
0: pretty good. And uh, we have to well, actually take a break right now. Uh, Steve, excellent. So I have to inter- interrupt you. Uh, you can go grab your tea or something. I don't know, anyways. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Voss and our very special guest, Byron Jackson, here on Toji Net, Ghost Channel, and Perex and beyond. We'll be right back after the following messages.
2: Welcome to Talking radio with a cutting edge.
0: Everything you heard about witches is true. How- It is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places, and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem Witchends, Sean Porrer, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> paranormal, not stuffy but informal, the topics are abnormal, the Parrax family,
1: they're strange, deranged, unrestrained, so grab your favorite rule, it's time to run move, as we give
0: awards to the Parrax family. Take 6,427. All right.
2: I am brave beyond belief.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Scares me. So, anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Cole again. Special co-host, Steve Parsons, and our very special guest, Mr. Byron Jackson, here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. If you have a question for us, you can join us in either the Pararex or our chat room and uh, relay it there. Or You can call it 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. So, you guys heard that Ghostbusters song. What do you think of that? Are you tired of
1: hearing that or what? Well, no. Every time you play that jingle, I keep reaching for my phone because that's my ringtone.
0: Oh, is it really? <laughs> so you embrace it? I mean, a lot of a lot of Ghost Hunters actually hate the Ghostbuster movies, and, and I don't. I actually love them. Uh, what, what's I mean? How do you feel about them?
2: Well, I've got um, my, I've got sorry, I've got my Hoover on my back. I'm ready to go. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I love it.
1: Have you seen, one well, I, I think it's off my Facebook profile at the moment, but uh, one of the, my Facebook profile pictures shows my Ghostbuster tattoo. So, oh, there uh, you go. And, and I've currently got a Ghostbuster belt buckle on tonight, so. Yeah, I embrace it. I think I've, uh, I've got quite a collection of Ghostbuster memorabilia from tins, genuine tins of Ghostbuster ectoplasm. Through to lamps and models and marshmallow stuff. And yeah, it's a great film. And hopefully, hopefully, in a year or two's time, we'll all be settling down in the cinema to watch GB3. That's
0: right. Uh, well, I have to, you brought up something interesting, and uh, I'd actually like your thoughts on it. Ectoplasm, you know, that snotty stuff that they supposedly collect. What's your thought? Does it exist?
1: Well, it certainly exists on my shelf. There's two tins of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, I ghost, mean the real stuff. Ghostbuster ectoplasm energy drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, there are, there are certainly collections of it within the Society of Psychical Research uh, Library uh, and Archive, uh, but all of the analysis that's ever been done uh, on ectoplasm um, doesn't come to any conclusion... Or any other conclusion uh that it's normal. Uh it comes out as butter muslin, it comes out as egg white, um mm. although we don't really know what ectoplasm should be. Perhaps it is. Um, butter muslin and egg white and there you normal, go you know or should it be some nasty bodily secretion? Yeah, you oh, know I there actually
0: there. Uh, <laughs> I actually got uh, slimed on a on a case once.
1: You got slimed. Slimed. That's what yeah. I think you said.
0: Yeah. I A- absolutely. You said that, yeah. This, this was when I first started out years and years and years ago. I think um, we should change the now. What's that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said, I think we should change the subject quickly.
0: No, no, no. This is <laughs> definitely, you're going to hear it. Because I, I want to find out if anybody else is this happened to. I, I know that it has, but, uh, anyways, about uh, when I first started out years and years ago. Um, I was shooting in a cemetery uh, called uh, Old Hill Burial Ground, and it's it's a rundown cemetery, and uh, the graves are uh, pretty bad shape. Their rodents have dug holes into it. You can actually see the skulls and the the bones, and so forth. And um, I was shooting one of the graves inf- with infrared film, and then all of a sudden, from my wrist to my uh, elbow, uh, was covered with a black, a thick, oozy goop that burned. And there was nothing above me because I was in the open, and there was nothing on the ground or below me. It just appeared on my arm. And it, it kind of, you know, I didn't like it because it did burn, so I, all I did was try to get it off. But to this day, it's like the biggest mistake I ever did was not taking a sample of that. And, you know, I do have a scientific background, and I don't have no clue why I didn't that day. But, uh, uh yeah, I've had that example, and then uh, since then, I've known four other cases where the same black oozy gook that Brian uh, has uh, showed up in. So, I have no clue what it is or, or what uh, what, but it seems to have something to do with paranormal activity. Uh, that's all I can say.
1: I certainly I've never come across anything like that. Um, I am aware of uh instance relating to uf- ufological reports where slime uh has fallen from the sky. Uh, mm-hmm. and also it's there is some animal um certainly after um, heavy rain you can get slime like deposits on, on some you know, perhaps in the grass or on paths. Yeah, um,
2: that makes sense. Which is, yeah.
1: which is normal secretions that have sort of washed out from the animals um what about you byron got well i've never had uh,
2: no um, certainly never had any sliming going on down here but uh, it's uh, it's something i'd like to see i have to say and uh, if it happened to me well who knows I, i'd probably do the same as Ron. You, you just you, you'd be quite gobsmacked i think if that happened and uh you, you then t- I, and, and someone pointed out earlier you know if they if you're in a place on your own or you're doing an investigation and um, something like that happens the the natural reaction would be uh just to to carry on doing whatever it is that you're doing you you generally forget uh to um you know sometimes you would forget to to actually record any of this stuff because you're so excited with what's going on and that's why it's good to have a small team as steve said so that you have got someone monitoring what is happening and someone who's, who's just standing back and say well i'm not actually part of this investigation i'm monitoring what's going on and i'm recording everything um but th- then you don't miss anything but um yeah hey, the, the I'd thing the thing about a Byron
0: the thing about a Byron it wasn't really an investigation i was just out with uh, a Franciscan monk who if uh, he was the one to introduce me to uh Infrared photography, and we had loaded up our cameras to go in this investigation, which got canceled. So we we basically just wanted to shoot film, and so we went in there. So we, it was it was not like it was an investigation. We were just you know shooting for the sake of uh, shooting uh, the film up, and you know seeing what we'd get on it. Uh, so and, and it was also like as I mentioned probably in the first year that I started uh, paranormal investigating. So I mean I was a newbie at the same time and uh it, it was an interesting experience but experience but I have at least four instances where this has happened to other people, and not outside. I mean, sometimes inside a house. Uh, the Tiofretz restaurant in Murmack, New Hampshire. The, the waitress has happened to the, her in a ladies' room. Uh, which Hollow, and uh, there was a house uh, that it would actually uh, appear out of the air. Basically, they couldn't understand it. It would just appear on them uh, inside the house, and, and then it was another case as well. So, um, I have no clue what it is, and. I've never run into it again, and all these early cases, uh, I mean, all these other cases were early at the same time. So, uh, you know, not the exact same time, but early in uh, my career. So it's interesting, but I I really haven't heard anything about it again or, or witnessed it again.
1: What certainly is interesting is something else that you you mentioned right at the start, Ron, was the you weren't investigating, and the number of accounts of people encountering uh, unexplained phenomena when they're uh, they're ill-equipped to investigate it. They might be it, fully fully you know active investigators, but the one night that they go off for a ramble um, or go into a house just for, you know, a stately home or a or a a castle, just for a day trip, just to visit. Just for giggles. Yeah, that's when it's gonna happen. When you're least expecting it. I think
2: actually, Steve, there's a there's an ASAP report that said that, uh, quite a high percentage of investigations that, sorry, uh, sightings uh, take place in an after in the afternoon. So uh, it's definitely um, you know when you're out with a trip with your your mum or your your sister or whoever, that's the time that you're going to see stuff. And um, certainly, Bury Pomeroy Castle in in Devon is notorious for that. The um, majority of the sightings at Bury Pomeroy are seen in, in in the early afternoon uh, and early evening. Um, certainly not, not much happens at night, to be honest, but a lot happens in the afternoon, so strange stuff. Well, it's the same with, uh, we have castles in Pembrokeshire and again,
1: it's when the visitors are there during the day, when it's open to the public, um, people are wandering around eating ice cream, enjoying the, enjoying the the history and the scenery. They're the people who report the phenomena and yet come, come middle of the night that's when the ghost hunters tend to flock to the castle uh, never really understood why but uh, that's what they seem to prefer perhaps it's something about darkness perhaps it's you see for me i always wonder with with some ghost hunters whether it's just really just taking part in an interactive scary movie <laughs> their own version of paranormal activity
2: probably so,
1: no popcorn just bring your own camera and join in
2: yeah, well, I think there is. I think there is a lot of that that goes on, and um, and, and certainly, you know. I mean, our our club is um, first and foremost a paranormal investigation group, but equally we are a social group. We, we interact with each other and we get on very well. And I think it's important to trust those members in your group before you go and do your investigation because you want to be able to say hand on heart that something that's happened, and just as you said earlier on, Steve, the use of thermal imaging equipment to prevent fraud, Um you, you want to you want to be one hundred percent certain that you can trust every member of your group uh, and you know I, I say this hand on heart that you know I trust all of the team that I work with, and uh, I know that not one of them would would try and uh, Embellish the truth. So should we say to try and make things uh, sound more, you know, more appealing to to those around them? Um, but we we've certainly had examples where, you know, you think, well, that is really peculiar. That you know, how did that happen? You know, and you just have to accept the fact that sometimes things will happen. You won't be able to explain them, and um, you just log them as best you can and try and verify those details. I'm, I'm just hoping that there's going to be a national um, database at some stage with regards to sightings and uh, you know, a good, um, methodical way of getting some some recordable data. The,
0: the only problem it. with the only problem with that, Byron, is, is it's been attempted many many times you know, yeah. in the U.S. But what happens? it's you run into that stupid competition thing where people say, "Oh." i want to do my own database or you know this is they, they it that's why it unless you have it like in a a uh a really credible university and it's run uh you know properly then i don't think you're going to have that i really no, don't I, I think there's just too I, much competition
1: Ron, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that that would work. Um, it's been tried countless times over here too, and indeed, uh, one uh, leading organisation in the UK are trying something similar as we speak. Um, the problem is, it's it, it's not just the fact that people are closely guarding their bits of evidence and their and their investigations, um, but it's if you go up to somebody and you say. Um, you you in any way criticize or make a constructive criticism or helpful comment about their methodology or some of their investigation results, Uh, it's almost, for many people, their belief in the paranormal is akin to a religious belief, and they respond uh, almost as if you've attacked them at a religious level. Um, true. And, yeah. and that that's one of the key reasons why that why it, these sort of uh, shared databases shared case histories uh, peer review um you know both both groups Byron's group and our group put put it, uh, cases online and we expect peer review and we expect uh, peer critique um we also you know offer it occasionally and i don't think it ever it's ever really received kindly <laughs>
2: um, yeah. I, I no, know from I, I, Sorry, go on, Steve. Sorry.
1: I was just going to say, I know from "So You Want to Be a Ghost Hunter" with Kieran and I, uh, the seasoned ghost hunters uh, actually are the, are the ones who who gain least from the "So You Want to Be" uh, skills cor- skills uh, training that we do. But it's the people often who are uh, more mediumistic, more spiritualistic in their outlook. They've co- they'll come along and they actually. See it from a completely different perspective, and they actually gain from it. Whereas the ghost hunters tend towards, um, well, we already know how to do it, what why should anybody teach us? it's mm-hmm. uh, a different method,
2: yeah. I think that's a dangerous way, that, that Steve. If they do say that, because nobody knows everything, and everybody learns exactly. something from someone mm. else. Um, certainly, I learned plenty from Ron. I'm sure that if you and I worked together, I'd learn loads from you. And 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 you know, the, the point you know you're you're making about the database is perfectly true and valid. You know, but um, it would be lovely to have that situation. But again, you're going to always get the the people that say unless you correlate the evidence in the manner in which we expect it to be you know given uh, and you you know what i'm talking about here yeah. is that you know obviously there are set groups out there trying to lead the show now and say this is the way we want to do it and you know i will look at those situations and i'll look at the the leading lights and i'll take what i can from them but i won't follow them religiously all the way down the line because i sometimes think that uh, you can add something to it but uh, <laughs> Definitely.
1: You know? And and one of the things that, that uh, Kieran and I are very, very keen uh, on emphasizing um, with the, the Ghost Hunter skills uh, training that we've done is we're not teaching people. We're not saying this is a way to do it. We're, what we say is uh, we're really teaching critical, critical thinking and and it would be completely wrong of us to say to, to any team, this is a prescribed route you must follow because a group has to have its own dynamic um, and what works for one group won't, won't necessarily work for another. So it's a case of give, giving foundations um, and allowing and um, encouraging teams and individual investigators to build upon uh, upon those foundations and i was looking at your website as i, met, I was looking earlier um and you you do encourage uh, a very open minded approach with with your new members regardless of their belief structure um you know you, you you do seem to be encouraging all the all the beliefs which again is absolutely vital to get a balanced view of 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 investigations
0: yeah
1: um I mean, what sort of proportion do you fi- do you find that when people arrive in the group, they 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 arrive as sceptics and become believers, or arrive as believers the, and become yeah. open minded? How does it how does it work out once people sort well, of get I th- out there? Well, I think there?
2: that in the majority of cases, most people come as you know full blown believers, and they they um, you know they believe in life after death, and they're strong believers in, in everything spiritual, and um, I, I think what happens with most people when they investigate is they go through stages and you know certainly the first stage is the excitement phase of being in the dark just as you said the paranormal activity movie being revisited uh, then they go through the boredom stage and uh, it's uh, it's not quite as glamorous as it all makes out to be paranormal investigation can be sort of you know 364 <laughs> days sat in the quiet and you'll probably get Amen. one hour's worth of activity um, and, and out of all that I think what you get is you, you get some spiritual you know we we, we believe in everybody has their own belief, and, and we certainly would not stop a spiritual person. Um, you know, we still go through the routines of uh, opening up and closing down spiritually. And, you know, um, there are people in the group who would, who would sit there and say, I don't actually believe it, but I'm going to do it anyway because I respect this person. I respect them as a person. I expect that, you know, I respect that they're a medium, and I'm going to do it. Um, and, and certainly it's the other way around, Steve to be honest, they, they come in as full blown and they, they probably come out for the sausage factory at the end saying, <laughs> I'm not quite, I'm not quite so sure that I do believe and buy into everything now, but there is something there. Um, and, and certainly, you know, myself, um, you know, I started off um probably you know a bit 50 50 and i've sort of i've not really shit i shift now and again i i go i jump off the fence and i jump straight back into the spiritual side because i've seen something that was really interesting or i've experienced something with a medium and then two days later i'll be back back on the fence again and i maybe jump back into the um the technical side to get a rational view of something so yeah it's a mixed group and i think most groups out there should be like that and then you know there's no issue. We, we've got a sort of good split of people, and uh, I enjoy working with the group. It's, it's a fantastic group. I,
0: I know we're running out of time, so I, I do have to mention two events that we have coming up, so I want to get that in before I forget and get yelled at. Uh, first of all, on Saturday, we're doing a ghost hunt investigation, ghost hunt the paranormal experience at the Victorian mansion in Gardner. Uh, join us for a pizza and a ghost hunt. There you go. And on Halloween, Maureen and I will be at the uh, Haunted Win the restaurant for another Dining with the Dead uh, special edition. So those are both on the website, which is uh, the letter N, the letter E, GhostProject.com, and GhostProject.com. But uh, you know, guys, I, 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 my last book uh, is 365. Uh, Goes day, 365 ghost stories from around the world, and it, it, it's a lot of you know short little ones. But one of the stories in it, and this is your neck of the woods, and it's probably the, the most famous ghost picture of all, and that's the the Lady of Radom Hall. uh, uh, uh What 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 is your thoughts? I mean, this this king, you know, this is your your turf. So, what's your thoughts on it?
1: After you, Byron.
2: Me. I thought
1: I'd um, drop you in it well, first.
0: Well,
2: no, I mean, you know, <laughs> f- f- without knowing everything about the case, I think it's really impossible to, to you know, and, and again, you know, do we believe everything that's been written? Do we believe that the evidence hasn't been sampled with? It? You know, I, I'm being truly sceptical here. I don't, I, I can't really say unless I'd, I'd actually been involved in the evidence gathering in the first place. And I know that sounds a bit of a cop out, but it, it's. It's like you know, being shown a photograph on, on you know, Facebook and say, so what do you think of it? But you don't know how many manipulations have taken place prior What well, What about you, Steve? You- yeah, this
0: is way before Facebook, my
2: friend.
1: Well, well, one of the interesting things about the Brown Lady of Raynham um, is that it was, again, it was an unexpected moment. Um, exactly. But- I was at uh, the uh, a conference for the Society for Psychical Research about three years ago where one of the, uh, the researchers had done – he discovered some uh, earlier generation prints of the brown lady and he'd done some – he'd spent some time doing photographic analysis on the on the image and had reached the conclusion um, and presented this conclusion that overall he considered it to be a double exposure um and he he on that basis the 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 brown lady was uh, was therefore a fake however um as as uh was pointed out with great delight to him, he was working from a print and not an original negative <laughs> and a print of, and a print of course, is a separate photograph in its own right and it 's perf- more than perfectly possible that either the negative moved in the carrier or the paper moved on the printing board sure. and therefore would have you know created this double this this blaring and double exposure effect um, I, funnily enough, we, we were actually uh, uh, using that particular image over the weekend as an example of one of the relatively few ghost photographs that remain to this day unexplained. And I think that's my, po- I think that's my, my take on it. I don't think we can explain it. And therefore, it's probably as close as we're going to get to a, uh, a ghost photograph at this stage.
0: I, I agree with you, Steve. I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I can't. Of course, I was in the air. I never saw the original. So, as far as that, I could never tell you it's a hundred percent ghost picture. But the story behind it is interesting in itself. Where where these weren't ghost hunters? These weren't, you know, anybody really looking to uh, capitalize us. They were doing a job. Uh, you know, the the whole part of it is interesting, and, and, and I find it more uh, credible than uh, a, a lot of the stories, uh, photographs that are out there by actual ghost hunters mm. that were looking for ghosts.
1: Well, one of the first things that, I mean, we get sent, and I'm sure it's the same for Byron, dozens of photographs um, oh, yeah. every, you know, almost every month, um, asking for people, you know, can you have a look at this, tell us what it is, and do you know what? The first question you have to ask is, why did you take the photograph? Because, you know, you get sent a picture of a blank wall with the claim that you can see a face in it. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never taken a picture of a blank wall. Uh, and it would strike me as a rather strange thing to do anyway. Um, so, you know, always I always ask, why did you take the picture? Uh, what, you know, what, what mm-hmm. prompted you to take the picture? Um, you were saying about time, Ron. And one thing, I mean, I've mentioned... Uh, haunted devons website and i've got to say it's it's really really good to see a website that isn't most haunted green and black um
0: <laughs>
1: uh, as oh. so many of them over here are um, yeah. but, um, i think you better give it a plug.
2: Oh, well, thank you, Steve. It's uh, wwwhaunted uk, And, uh, yeah, we did move away. We've gone a bit modern, and uh, it's still a work in progress. There's plenty more to put up. So uh, thank you for that, Steve.
0: We're just about out of time, guys. I think there's under 30 seconds left. Uh, Steve, anything you would like to mention, your website and so forth?
1: No, no. I've, I've done my, my, uh, um, I did my plug when I was last on, so... Uh,
2: Please yeah, come down tonight. Yeah, you must come down, Steve, and uh, visit us. I, I know that Kieran came down at some stage, so please do uh, get in touch after, and we'll uh, try and get you down if the, if you're up for it. Yeah, yeah, always up for a
1: trip out. Um, yeah, and always, always up to go, to spend time with a, with another good team. So yes, uh, we'll stay in touch.
2: Get some cider in you. <laughs> I'll okay. You some Welsh lava bread, then. All right. Okay. <laughs>
0: Now, that was interesting because we just got the uh, two-minute bell, so I don't know if we have two minutes left or, oh, well, or that well, was the a... end of it.
1: Well, no, well, according to my watch, we have about four minutes left, so do you want to do some
2: karaoke?
0: I was thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my
2: clocks on if you want me to do some clock dance. No,
0: we actually have two minutes, but, uh, you know... Uh, I am glad you guys uh you know commented on the, the that photograph. I, there's another one out there of course uh which was the uh, USS Watertown and the faces in the waves which was interesting as well. Uh good story behind it and um uh, but uh, have you either one of you heard that one? Yes, I I have looking at it
1: over the weekend as well. So uh, yeah, another another one where I think that one's more likely to be a simulacra. Um, uh, you know, paridolia or apophenia, um, yeah. because the the picture that they always show in the magazines is a close crop. Uh, when you looked at the original picture, it's not quite so clear. <laughs> um, true. It's true. But the Brown Lady, I think, is one of the more intriguing ones, and I think I think she'll survive. Um, and she has survived now for seventy years. So um, I don't think we're going to get rid of her just just uh, quite so soon. But with all of these thousands of cameras that are out. Being used by investigators and by public on ghost hunts, why aren't we seeing the pictures anymore? Where are the ghost photographs?
2: That's a good point. Yeah, where are they all? I, I mean, I, I was shown a good one the other day, and uh, it, it's a it's a lovely picture, and I must I must get up onto the uh, the website. It's a 17th century gentleman, and that's what's been portrayed. Uh, And just as you you said there, it's very easy to suggest something to someone and then you look at the picture and you say Yeah, I can see that. I can see that It'd be more interesting to show you the picture and then say what do you see? What do you see? Do you see anything at all? Uh, And you know this this one this this one's great picture We do Byron, you're gonna have
0: to hold that thought for next time because we are out of Mm -hmm. time uh, I'm I'm really surprised Steve. You never asked me about the dead chamber, but anyways, we'll save that for another time We've got to keep something for next time Okay, you have been listening to the Ghost Chronicles International on Tojinet Pararex, Ghost Joan, and beyond. My special co-host today has been his Lordship, uh, Mr. Steve Parsons, or oh, Stephen God. Parsons. And, of course, Lord Byron Jackson of Haunted uh, uh, Devon. Thank you, thank you Steve. Thank and you, we'll uh, be <laughs> on. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow when we have Echo Bodine and Ghost Stories. So thank you very much for listening, and good night, and God bless all. Good
1: night, yes. From ghoulies to ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go
0: bump in the night, deliver us.